Blog Talk Radio. Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, uh, October 7th. Um, October has come quickly. Um, <clears throat> before you know it, it'll be the end of the year, and we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for hanging in, um, hanging in there with us all year long and for the last 10 years. Thank you so, so much. Um, I'm going to quickly turn it over to Denise to see if she has any beauty news. Hold on. Let me bring her on. Good evening, everyone, and good evening, everyone. And again, once again, thank you all for joining us tonight, and thank you for um, joining me with the beauty news segment. Uh, Just very quickly, don't have much news tonight, but just want to go over a couple of things really quickly. Um, First, we want to thank our listeners from last week uh, for joining us for last week's show, and for joining us throughout the week on the playback and listening to. Uh, all of our other shows. So we just want to give a, a quick shout out to our listeners from here in the U.S., of course, uh, the U.K., Australia, Ecuador, and Canada. Those were um, some of our main listeners. So we just want to shout them out and say once again, thank you all uh, for joining us uh, this past week. Also, a cute little story coming out of Nashville, um, Tennessee. Um, Dollar General hosted their Day of Beauty, again, which was held in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Hundreds of women enjoyed a day of pampering and a chance to try out some uh, new beauty products. The fourth annual Dollar General Day of Beauty was held at the Music City Center in in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Vicki Yates, who's an anchor at News Channel 5, moderated a panel of featured speakers, which included actress Elise Neal, uh, women got to enjoy beauty consultations and learn how to save money on products of multicultural shoppers. Um, this event was really about show, uh, showcasing Dollar General's products with the community and letting customers know that beauty products um, were available for them, uh, beauty products that they needed were available for them. So I thought that was cute. All the women got to who, were, who attended got to walk away with bags full of uh, free samples. Nice. I don't know if I... Uh, if I ever found much of anything beauty wise, makeup wise rather, in Dollar General. How about you? Um not besides that I can nail polish. Right, exactly. Not that I can think of. And definitely definitely have the hair product. Um Yeah. Not much not much on the makeup front though. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe now, who knows. I don't really uh, frequent Dollar General much, so I, I can't really say. But coming up uh, October 13th through 14th, um, just next week, uh, Saturday and Sunday, at the Revel Fulton Market in Chicago um, is the Makeup Show. The Makeup Show Chicago is October 13th through 14th. On Saturday, they open up at 9 a.m., ending at 5, and on Sunday, again, 9 a.m., ending at 5. Uh, you can attend the makeup show if you are uh, a professional or an aspiring artist working or studying in the beauty, hair, photography, or fashion industry. You will need to provide your credentials at the door. Your, creden- your credentials could be a business card, comp card, call sheet, tear sheet, student ID, school enrollment, professional license, work ID, or pay stub from a beauty-related business or anything to prove your connection to the beauty or fashion industry. Um, a cosmetology license is not a requirement. And for more information on that, you can uh, email Sophia at themakeupshow.com. For one-day ticket, it's $45. Two days, $62. So um, mm-hmm. to buy those tickets, you can go to themakeupshow.com forward slash Chicago. And that's it. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Um, Again, we want to thank everyone um, for calling in. Our guest tonight is celebrity hairstylist Angela Stevens. But before we get to Angela, we just want to um, just uh, hear from some of our sponsors tonight. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. Thank you so much to our friends over at Friends Beauty Supply. Again, um, as I said a few seconds ago, we are talking tonight with celebrity hairstylist, beauty expert, and author Angela Stevens, and I'm going to bring her on the line. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. How are you? Absolutely, of course. We are wonderful and so happy to have you on the line with us tonight. Thanks. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. We. Um, we have so much we want to uh, talk to you about tonight, so we're just going to just jump right in. Can you introduce yourself to our listening audience and um, tell us what inspired you to become a hairstylist? Sure. My name is Angela Stevens, as you guys mentioned already, and a lot of people know me as Angela C. Styles. That's all my social channels. Um, but I'm from Chicago originally, born and raised. And I decided to move to L.A. after about four years being in the hair industry. Um, And I started working with Kim Kimball, and I um, 
I was on a show called LA Hair. A lot of people knew me from that. And then I started doing YouTube videos, and a lot of people knew me from that. I've done other TV stuff on, like, T, and I've been on indie. I've been on different shows throughout um, the last few years. Um, and now I work, I do Eve's hair on the talk, um, and I have a studio in West Hollywood, and I work with brands. I do collaborations with brands, and I talk about hair care, and now I'm an author. Um, so the way that my journey began was I just really loved hair from a young age. Mm-hmm. I've always loved hair. Um, my mom had, like, really, really pretty wavy hair, and I, I didn't have the same texture as her, and she was, like, a creative, artsy kind of person. So she wasn't really about, like, styling or, like, you know, making my hair look pretty. And I kind of just would look in the mirror as a young age and be like, let me fix this because I, I, I want to look better than that. So I was playing in my hair when I was younger, and then I would, like, make extra money on the side, braiding hair. And it was always mm-hmm. just um, a fun thing. It was always a hobby. And then after my first year of college, I was kind of struggling and, you know, being like a broke, broke college kid. I told my mom I really thought that I would prefer to go to cosmetology school, and she was super supportive of that. And once oh, nice. I went to cosmetology school and made it professional, I was just like, oh, this is for me. Like, this is my world. I'm in here, you know. And it's been mm-hmm. it's been an amazing, incredible ride ever since. So you've been doing hair for how long now? Um, I've been licensed for... 13 years. Wow. And you and you started back in Chicago. Yeah. I went to Pivot Point in Chicago. Um, Pivot Point manufactures, like, educational books and a lot of um, school material for other cosmetology mm-hmm. schools. So it's very well known um, mm-hmm. around the world. And I was actually able to, like, go to Italy on, like, a trip through the school and, like, learn cutting techniques in Italy and, like, cool stuff like that. So I had a really good, solid foundation when I started, and I think that really helped propel my career and direct it in a certain way. Nice. Now you you talk about this solid foundation. How important is it for um, stylists out there who are just starting out, how important is it for them to have that type of foundation, especially if they're interested in doing hair for celebrities? I think having a foundation is the most important thing because it just sets you up so that, you know, if you do fail, it's not quite as bad because you really have to be Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about what you're doing. And I know because of social media, a lot of people project the message of like, oh, I'm self-taught, I'm self-taught, but there is a level of professionalism and a level of science and chemistry, um, understanding the scalp and the skin that goes into being a true professional. And I don't think that people speak and shed a light on that as much as they should, because if you're taking customers in the salon and you don't have a license, then you're, you're cross contaminating your, your tools. You know, you're doing things on customers that you wouldn't do if you had that background of actually learning and understanding hair and the foundation of hair and what makes it grow, what makes it break, what makes it do all those kinds of things. So I do, I, I'm a firm believer in if you are passionate about it, go and get your license at some point. Now, you know, I know everybody's journey is different. Um, I would at least recommend apprenticing under a person who is licensed and does do things by the book. But to just not have that mm-hmm. foundation is not, I don't, I don't respect 
the people who are making money in our field and who did not take the time to really learn it. I I just can't. Mm. So I can just about, about imagine what you're going to say to this question based on the answer that you just gave, but I don't know how much you've been following, but, you know, um, a few years ago it was really big, and um, you hear some things now about taking licenses away. Um, and professional beauty organization is big on talking about that and kind of fighting at the different at the state levels in each state. If for some reason, <laughs> if licenses were being taken away, and I think if they were doing it, it would be you know by the by state. If the licenses were taken away in California and in Illinois, what would your response to that be? And how would it make how would it make life as a hairstylist different for you? I can't believe that that was even an option. I mean, are they taking away manicure right. license? Are they taking away massage therapy license? Are they even taking away, like, law licenses? I mean, there's so many other – are they taking away mechanic licenses? Like, why even consider <clears throat> the taking away cosmetology licenses even an option? Like, that's nuts to me. That's really ridiculous. But I think um, if that were to ever happen, which God forbid it did, my – first reaction would be to create some kind of accredited program that mm-hmm. salons stood by and that customers who really did want an upper echelon service would go to and like look for this seal or stamp. And I would want to create that because I do think that something, multiple things need to be in place to acknowledge a skill level or a level of understanding that is above those who are self-taught. And that's that's right. anything. I don't wanna, I don't want to go to a self taught anything. I don't want to go to a self taught gynecologist. I don't want to go <laughs> to a self taught um, dentist. I don't want to go to a self taught anything that has to do with dealing with my face, dealing with my skin, dealing with my body. You know, I don't care how cosmetic it is. I I prefer to go. Um, to makeup artists who at least went to like some kind of makeup school or did some kind of makeup program or are estheticians mm-hmm. and also do makeup. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's okay. And I don't think that other women should feel that it's okay to, to work below a certain standard. Uh, you make a excellent point right there when you were, when you started to say, I don't want to go to a self-taught gynecologist and a self-taught, um, dentist and some people who are listening may say, "Well, that's a little bit more important than hair." No, it's not. You know, no, it's anything not. that's it's your body or, or attached to your body. No, it's not. You make an excellent point there. No, and not. just so you know, they when they were t- considering, excuse me, when they were considering taking away licenses, they they were talking about all across the beauty industry. So it would affect make um, estheticians, barbers nail techs, uh, massage therapists, you know, anybody in that arena. Um, I don't know of any state as of today that, you know, a license has been taken away. So it hasn't reached that, but that was the talk. Um, And you'll see different um, bills come up that will affect certain licenses in the state. And it may not necessarily be cosmetology. It may change something that affects your cosmetology license, you know, versus taking it away totally. 
uh, because there are too many people fighting against well, that, I and I just to, think the world. I'm sorry. I was going to say I need to become a lobbyist or something because I would, I do not want to see that happen. Um, so right. whatever senators <laughs> or argument or whoever I need to contact about that, I would put in the work because I just I don't that doesn't make any sense. And who who wins by doing that? People's Absolutely. Jobs, schools will close. You know the educators, the product companies that specifically make products for the schools, the schools themselves. Like, no, like that's just a lose for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to probeauty.org, and um, it'll have there's a place on there that has um, it talks about the different legislation, and you can choose the state and see what's up on the table um, for your Thank particular you. state. Thank you. Thank you for that that piece of information, probeauty.org, you said? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that, you're welcome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so they're not, I haven't heard of any state as of yet who are actually that close. But it's, it was a big thing, and a lot of people just did not know about it, and so it's pretty much just kind of trying to spread the word for people to start paying more attention to that thing so that, you know, you can, like you said, be a legislator and fight to keep the licenses there. I think, just like you said, it separates you from from the rest, from those who don't have the credentials. Um, to me, it starts at an education and then a license. Nothing short mm-hmm. of that. Exactly. Um, yeah, so... That's um, <clears throat> great information for people who are listening to know, especially if you are a hairstylist or any licensed beauty professional, you need to protect your license and fight for it. Um, what would you say that you've noticed, uh, have you, or have you noticed, any big changes in the beauty industry, particularly in the hair arena, since from when you first started back in Chicago to now? Are there anything anything that you've noticed that's different about the industry? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things, and these are all these things are good and they're bad in different ways. Um, I would say one, social media has boomed in the past ten years in a way that I did not foresee happening. But I think when I first got into the game, you know, I was on Facebook, and one of my clients like pushed me to get on Twitter, but Instagram mm-hmm. wasn't even a thing back then. You know, Twitter was, and I would kind of market myself on Facebook. And, and I, no, I would use Facebook as a marketing tool, but I don't necessarily think people converted into customers as quickly as they they do now. I think, you know, right. it's just more visual and checking on people's lives and stuff like that. So social media has, has gotten to an all-time high. I, I even remember, like, when I first got to L.A. in 2010, Instagram was a thing, but it was only for people who had iPhones. But when I started working with Kim Kimball, the idea of taking a picture with the person whose hair I was working on was like a no-no. And Mm. then in the last, like, three or four, like, four, maybe three, two, three years later, that was, like, the thing. Like, and I remember, dang, I worked with all these people. I never got pictures of them. And I kind of was like, oh, man, like, but then at the same time, that just has never really been my style. Like, oh, can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? But now if you don't have a picture, it didn't happen. <laughs> right, exactly. And it, <laughs> it, it takes away some of the, like, privacy and, and um, it takes away from the respect of just 
doing the service is always about like the photo, which I need to get with the times, obviously, because, you know, I should be taking more pictures of things and being more interactive, but I just don't live on my phone. I don't want to hold my phone every minute of the day just to make sure I get the footage or, you know, the things that I, I need for social. But on the other right. hand, it has opened up for so many people who have not had access and have opened up, you know, visibility to people in cities that are not large, like L.A. or Chicago, you know, like, so, you know, your your girl from Charlotte that does amazing hair, like, now she's getting the look, or she's getting opportunities that she may not have get, gotten before, or, you know, the amazing makeup artist that lives in, you know, Kalamazoo or wherever, he's, he's able to show his creativity and how he beats his face and get a cover girl ad. And, you know, it's, I think that it's mm-hmm. amazing on one hand, and it's also kind of like, all right, guys, like let's live in a real world and everything you do does not have to be posted. So it's, it's kind of a up and down thing. The other thing that I've noticed, um, two, two other things, and, and I enjoy them both are the natural hair movement. When I first got into the industry, you know, natural hair, like, people wore it, but you didn't go to the salon and get your natural hair done. And mm. it wasn't as big of a thing about, like, you know, maintaining your texture and making sure you keep your texture intact. Like, I did, quote, unquote, natural hair, but I really just wanted to let make my clients grow their relaxer out so they could get color. But I was right. not encouraging them to go heat-free you know, I was like, well, we'll straighten it and we'll train it. We'll heat train it. Heat training just means mm-hmm. heat damage. <laughs> and I realize that now, but that's <laughs> it. You know, that was my way of convincing the client that it wouldn't be hard to go natural and we would straighten it out and basically burn it to death so it was predominantly straight. <laughs> um, whereas right. now, after my, you know, learning and um, really understanding natural hair, you know, that's not what you want to do. You don't want to take away the natural texture. But I think that more people are embracing looking like what they what they naturally look like and being okay with that mm-hmm. and letting go mm-hmm. of society's um, idea of beauty and professionalism and cleanliness is just being straight hair. Um, and right. I even had the journey myself and you know, it's definitely a very personal thing, and I think it's beautiful that more women are being vulnerable enough to go through that publicly and figure mm-hmm. out who they really are and what their hair does. Um, I love the fact that so many black-owned hair care companies have grown and are are rising um, to these big, like, huge levels and competing with these, you know, large-scale corporations um and so i think that's amazing on the other side lace wigs and you know the wig movement has grown to an all-time high as well and that i don't think i saw as much but ironically my i I might have been working in the industry for maybe like four years at this point i was still in chicago but my mentor started working with um Salon Pro 32nd Universal Products, and she brought me on mm-hmm. as a platform artist. Um, and so we would work with, you know, hair glue and be doing all the glue styles. And then we produced the first at-home lace wig adhesive and removal kit. <laughs> oh, wow. And and that was 10 years ago. So one of my first, like, big ad campaigns was for, like, lace wig styling and stuff. 
Um, but mm-hmm. we were really marketing it to women who had alopecia. We were marketing it, um, you know, just as a quick solution here and there. We didn't really realize right. that it would grow to the magnitude that it's grown to. And even the technology around how frontals are done and styled and the amount of work that goes into, like, smoothing the caps down and gluing it so it's seamless and making the baby hairs. and You know, we I did some of that stuff, but it wasn't to the extent that it is now. And it's just funny because I'm, a, I'm slightly embarrassed that I was a part of that so long ago, and now I'm like, oh, God, this is still here. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a solution for so many people, you know, women who are right. suffering. The problem right, let me ask you. that I feel... What were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say the issue with the boom in the lace wig movement is that more women are running towards that, thinking that it's a permanent solution, and they're getting um uh, they're getting addicted to the look of the lace wigs and gluing it down every day, and they're losing their hair. And they're you know more women have alopecia than they did ten years ago. Um, oh wow. And they're doing more damage to the hair because there's there are more options. Um, so it's interesting that on one side we have this huge boom in the natural hair movement and so much hair care and acceptance, and then on the other side women are running the opposite way and they're covering up more of their hair and they're, you know, gluing it down for weeks at a time. And yeah, it's it's a lot going on. So that mm. that brings me to my question, my question, which you you pretty much answered, but I want you to go a little bit more in detail. Is there a wrong way to wear a wig? Um, there are a few wrong ways to wear a wig, um, and everything doesn't apply to everyone. But women, it depends on the the shape of your forehead, honestly, and the way that the wig is placed. But some women have a large enough forehead that you can go above the hairline and adhere the wig above your own hairline and you'll be fine. Um, Some women who only have a a normal to shorter amount of forehead, if you're trying to achieve these looks that people are getting with lace wigs and you're gluing your wig down, you're going to notice over time that your hair is starting to come out. And so that's the wrong way to wear a wig is by continuously gluing it down and you actually have a natural, healthy hairline of hair. Um, So I never, ever, ever advocate for that. I don't think the everyday women that work as a nurse or work at the post office or as a teacher should be gluing her wig down every day. Wigs that are glued Mm -hmm. down are really supposed to be for the film, television, entertainment industry, not your everyday girl. But going back to the whole rise of social media, the everyday girl wants to be an insta celebrity. And so she wants to, you know, have blue hair one day, orange hair the next day, red hair the next day. And that's fine if she's A, able to afford it, and B, if she has that lifestyle where she can wear those kind of crazy colors and do all those switch-ups. But I think the everyday regular girl aspires to have that look because it does look perfect on Instagram or on, on television. But the reality is it's a lot of maintenance when you're trying to remove that glue or the lace starts lifting and your hair is coming with it. Um, and so I just wish that there was more education around that. Um, the yeah. second thing about wearing is that you can wear your hair out 
and still wear a wig. Most people think you have to cover it. And because the whole glue down baby hair movement is so big, a lot of women think that's the only way to wear it. And I'm like, no, you could just, you know, put the combs in there, put the band in there, security. If you need to put some extra pins in there, you can do that too and have a really natural look without having to do all of that extra work. And then you still can keep your hairline and your natural hair intact. Um, And so I don't think that that is – explained as much as it should be. I, I actually plan on doing some more hair care informational videos on my YouTube channel about that because people ask me all the time, like, oh, you're, I like the way you wear your wig, but when I see girls on whatever, I don't want to look like that. And so I mm-hmm. think people need to know that there are, more, there are more ways than one. Or you part wigs, which you can still wear and leave a little bit of your hair out and still have that natural look like a weave, but you take it off a lot easier is another option. Falls, you know, that maybe are just for the lower half if you just want to add length are an option. And it's more, there are so many options that can be tailored to you specifically. I don't think that people really understand that as much. They just go for whatever is the most popular. Right. Two questions. Give me, number one, the good and bad of wearing weaves. And then number two, any information or advice for people who want to come out of relaxers and just, you know, wear natural hair, um, wearing their natural hair, just any advice or products that they could use to help, um, you know, build up their natural hair. And also for those of us who who have been without a relaxer for some years, just – let me just put it this way. What I'm trying to do is not put a lot of heat in my hair, and I, I really want to see the natural curl pattern. Um, again, advice on what we can do with our hair, you know, now that we've been out of relaxers for a while. So the first question, okay, go back, again, go back to the first just, question because I've forgotten already. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Oh, no, it's about The weaves. first question. Yeah. Yeah, weaves. It's just the good and bad of weaves. The good and bad of weaves are this. Um, we black women have created this norm of like being in the salon for like days at a time <laughs> or like for an eternity. And I think we've um, instilled the fact that we have to sit in the salon for a long time. Um, so I think a lot of women are moving to wigs because they don't want to sit in the salon for a long time. So that's the, the worst thing about wearing a weave to me is that it takes forever to do for most people. You know, you can't get a full weave service with a shampoo, condition, um, a trim and all that stuff and be in there less than three hours. Like it just won't happen. Right. Um, another bad thing about weaves is that, you know, a weave from – me and a weave from someone else is completely different. It's a completely different service. So there is no um, there's no way to measure like what a weave service really is because everyone does them differently. Um, and then number two, no, well, the third thing is the myth is that weaves grow your hair. And a lot of times they don't. A lot of times they pull it out or your hair breaks off. Um, and that's because of the person who's doing your weave is not taking care of your hair. And you may not be doing or you may not be taking care of your hair while you're in the weave. Um, and most people put a weave in and they forget about their hair. They neglect it. 
They don't think twice about it until it's time to take it out, and then they just want to put it right back in. So there's a lack of hair care. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of being gentle, um, paying attention to the hairline, watching the amount of tension that the customer is getting. And so a lot of women are coming out of that with alopecia. Their, their ends are broken or their strands are broken in different spots because of how tight the thread was being pulled around the hair, basically just choking the follicle out. Um, you know, their scalp is getting all kind of build up and flaking because they're not shampooing it correctly in between wearing the weaves, and then they might get ball spots or, you know, different scalp and skin irritations because of the lack of curliness um, or they're not drying their hair pr- properly. So then that comes with all kind of issues. Um, but that's all the bad parts about weaves. The good thing is that it's, pretty affordable depending on who you go to, especially if it lasts. It can make the hair grow if the hairstylist is truly about hair care. So with my client, mm-hmm. like I have one client in particular, she, um, her hair is like down to her waist pretty much, and she only has worn weaves from me for six years. And so her oh, wow. hair is that long because I trim it every time I take the weave out. She gets a deep condition every time I take the weave out. When we braid it up, I moisturize her entire scalp. I basically base it like she's getting a relaxer. And I brush the, the, the oil, I brush the product all the way through the ends. And even when I'm braiding, I put more moisture, cream moisturizer, on her hair as I'm braiding it. So the hair is really nourished as it's going into the weave. It's not just being braided up, dry hair, dry scalp, thrown in there, hair slapped on top, and just leave her alone, you know. Um, and then I really practice hair care with my clients. I shampoo them with products. I make sure I get deeply into the scalp. Um, I like to use things that will cleanse the scalp really well, but then still keep the moisture in there. Um, and, and that is why I get the results of, like, really, really healthy hair. The trims as well. If you wear braids for three years, whatever, and you never get a trim, chances are most of that hair you're going to have to cut off when you finally do wear your hair out. Um, and mm-hmm. most stylists don't encourage their clients to trim it. They just want to sew them back up and get it over with. Um, so, yeah, that that's a good thing is that the growth can actually happen with weaves. It is really affordable. Um, and it's great for women on the go who have a difficult, you know, lifestyle where they don't have time to think about their hair. It has been and it still does. It still is the best solution for a woman on the go, in my personal opinion. Um, it's really just about finding the best blend of hair, making it work with your hair texture or getting a good, like, closure application or a, a good way to, like, just blend it all together. Um, but, yeah, I think those are the pros and cons with weaves for the most part. Okay. And then um, for those people who have relaxers and they want to come out of their relaxers and just wear their hair natural, any advice for them, any pointers? Um. So, yeah, definitely weaves are actually the best way that I usually will grow clients out of relaxers. Um, a weave or a wig is the first option. A um, a haircut is the second option. If you don't want to do it that drastically, it honestly depends on the length and the texture of the hair. If the hair mm-hmm. is a really, really tight coil and the hair is bone straight, the hair is going to fall off anyway. So you either want to do it in stages and get braids, 
you know, get a weave, wear wigs while it's growing and you keep trimming the straight hair off, or you're going to want to, um, you're going to want to cut it completely and just start fresh. Um, because mm-hmm. doing a short, uh, a short like TWA looks really good on, on a lot, a lot of people, honestly. Um, you just have to have the confidence to be able to rock it, but that's kind of the, one of the most fun stages of having, a, you know, that short natural is being able to have it really, really short. So I don't think that uh, women should be afraid to do that. Um, it was definitely fun for me. And then it grows. You see the growth a lot faster. You get really excited about the growth. And then, of course, you can get braids. You can get a weave. If you just honestly want to wear your hair, um, what I would recommend doing is starting to do, like, twist outs and braid outs if the texture isn't too different. Usually a braid out is going to give you the most stretch on your roots. And so with that, it'll help kind of blend down. Or if you want to, like, blow dry the roots to straighten them, to help match the consistency, then you can blow dry the roots and straighten them a little bit, avoid the relaxed hair um, when you're straightening, and then go in and do a twist out or a braid out and use um, a moisturizing like cream, a moisturizing oil, and do your twist out with that and then start to wear it curly. Mm-hmm. Um, but those would be the best three options. If the hair is long, you can get away with doing a lot of buns, a lot of like, you know, ponytails and stuff like that while the transition happens, but chances are you would want to either cut it, cover it up, or wear it textured. Gotcha. And then for those people who have been out of their uh, relaxes for a while, um, how do how do we maintain um, or get our hair to a very healthy state? Um, the main thing that texture hair requires is moisture. So mm-hmm. it's just all about moisture, moisture, moisture. Um, whether that's through shampooing it or co-washing it, conditioning it, or whether that's using, like, really good oils um, or other, like, cream-based moisturizers, the hair loves hydration. Straight hair, on the other hand, you don't need much of it. But textured hair, try to get that as many places as possible. So that's going to be the main way to keep the hair healthy is through hydration. The other thing is saying, trying to stay as heat-free as possible um, or low on chemicals, chemical processes like color or like Brazilian keratin treatments. Some natural girls like to do a little keratin to smooth them out a bit. I don't recommend that because there's so much protein that the hair gets really brittle and starts to break. Um, mm. So, yeah, my, my main recommendations are – Moisture as much as possible, and um, also trim. Keeping the hair trimmed and getting rid of the split ends is going to be the best way to make sure your hair is healthy. You can have long hair, but if you have split ends all over the place, it's not going to look good. And a lot of curly hair, you can't really see what's going on with the ends. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the diva cut or the curly cut. It works for girls who only want to wear their hair curly, but you really can't see what's going on with the hair until you stretch it out and take a look at mm-hmm. it that way. Um, but those are, those would be my recommendations to keep the hair as healthy as possible. Now, what kind of what kind of oils would you recommend for um, textured hair? 
Because, you know, you have some stylists who, who believe that you shouldn't put oils on the hair at all. And I don't agree. Yeah, I, I, completely, I completely disagree with that. I think you shouldn't put oils on straight hair. I think that textured hair needs oil. If it doesn't get oil, then you're wetting it on a regular basis, like every day. And not shampooing right. it, but just wetting it every day, watering it, because it is a plant. But what our plant needs and what other plants need are two different things. But our hair requires a high amount of moisture, a high amount of oil. Some of the oils that I love are, um, I love a mixture that has, like, grapeseed oil in it. Any product that has a little grapeseed oil, I love. I like argan. I like jojoba oil. Those are for the finer hair, the more oily hair, naturally. You can go more with those. I love almond oil. Love, love, love almond oil. That's one of my favorites. Um, avocado oil, little olive oil. Um, what else? I feel like I'm missing some. Lavender oil. It's great for scents. It's great to mix with other things. Rosemary oil is amazing for any scalp issues. Um, what else? I feel like those are the main ones that I'm, I'm a huge mm-hmm. advocate for. Nice. I mean, so basically, so basically, these are just oils that I mean we can buy out of the grocery store. Um, pretty much, and kind yeah. of, just pretty much, you, you know, blend them together or however you want to do them and use it, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to um, blend them and just use them on your own. Now, how yeah, much? How much of this oil is too much? Would you say? How much? How much of this oil is too much? Well, everything is in moderation. I mean, it definitely depends on styling. Um, so one of the things I encourage clients to do is, like, if you wear your hair straight or you want to wear a bouncy style, you're not really going to put any of those oils in it unless you use maybe some jojoba oil on the end mm-hmm. when you are doing pin curls or you're wrapping it or something like that. Now, once that hair starts to get oily, naturally oily already, then you can kind of go in and you can give your scalp some extra love with one of those oils and massage it into the scalp and then put your hair in a bun or a ponytail and have that for a few days. And that's a nice pre-treatment before you go and shampoo your hair or co-wash your hair. Um, Another option as far as oil is when you are braiding your hair for a weave or a wig, you can pretty much drench that oil in there as long as it doesn't seep onto the hair that you're wearing. So you have to be mindful of the consistency of the oil and how well it falls into the hair. You don't really want to use oil that sits on top of the hair. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan of coconut oil because of that. I feel like it, it sits on top of the hair most of the time. And some people's hair absorbs it, but I still want an oil that easily absorbs into the scalp and into the skin. So I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of that one. But if that oil does work for you, um, it's great to use as a daily moisturizer. It's great to use if you're braiding. I hydrate the heck out of my client's hair when I'm about to braid it. So it's mm-hmm. like lit, like it's it's not oily to the point I can't grab it, but it's definitely really shiny and really, really, you can feel the product in there when I'm going to braid it. Um, I don't like to do that because I'm, the hair is going to be 
in hibernation, basically, is going to be locked away for so long that it, I need to set the tone for the moisture because it won't be getting any of that for a long time. Um, so that's one of my, my biggest um, tricks with that. Um, and anytime you're doing, like, updos or ponytails and stuff, that's when you can go a little bit harder on the oil. But if the hair is down, I just wouldn't recommend using a lot until it's almost time to shampoo again. Nice. Now, what about just regular um, braided? Okay. What about oh, just regular braided protective stuff? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what about? I was gonna say you definitely just don't want to have too much oil where you sit on the couch or you sit on the glass and you leave a little oil spot. <laughs> like, that's not cute. But <laughs> 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 well, what were you saying about uh, braided protective styles? Yeah, I was just saying, like, like, what's the best way to maintain that? And and also, when using oils, when you have braids, what's the best way to, I mean, like, oil the scalp? Do do you, I mean, do you not want to get it on the hair as well? If it's a braiding style, then yeah, you want to get it all over the hair because if it's if you're using synthetic hair on top of that then you want to uh-huh. put as much moisture in the hair as possible because the synthetic hair will suck the oil out of it. Okay. Um, that's what synthetic hair does. It, like, really absorbs all your natural oils. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to go go pretty heavy on the moisture if you're doing a protective style, for sure, okay. not just the scalp. Or if you pour it into the scalp, use a paddle brush and then brush it through the hair so that the moisture moves around all the way to the end. And even then, after I do that, I brush it, I do a little scalp massage with the brush, I still squirt a little bit on the ends of the hair because usually the ends are the most dry. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then I'll I'll make sure I moisturize and I brush that through as well. You really just want to make sure it's evenly placed um, and it's not overly, like, drenched in oil either. Got it. Now, Angela, let's um, let's talk a little bit um, while we have a few minutes left. Let's talk a little bit about your book, Hair. What inspired the book? Oh yeah, so um, Hair was inspired by a number of experiences that I've had on my own, or I've seen the sentiment of other women, um, or just even little girls. It, it came from different places, really, and I. My friend gave me the idea to write a book. We were, like, driving, and he was like, you should do, like, a children's book or something. And I was like, wow, that would be interesting. And then I started turning my wheels about what I would want it to be about. And I just really wanted to share a message with the next generation of girls about how amazing it is to have textured hair. I think as black women Mm -hmm. growing up um, in the environment that we grew up in, relaxers were king. Having long hair, having straight hair has always been king. And we're just now starting to realize that, like, wait a minute, having curly hair is amazing, too. Oh, wait a minute. We can do a million things with our hair. Oh, all I got to do is this, this, and that. And so I tried to create a parallel between the fact that, you know, as human beings, we need certain things to survive. When, we, when we're given certain things, we feel better, we look better, <laughs> And so does our hair. 
And so I really wanted to give hair tips and then also tell a very fun and exciting story um, and really affect adults and children at the same time. So the hair, basically, it comes to life. And that's a parallel for, you know, how we grow up with our hair. It's like we don't really realize that it has feelings and emotions and stuff like that. But it does. And and so that was my way of saying, like, it's not just up there sitting there. It's like it it wants to be played with. It wants you to get to know it. It wants you to take care of it. And once you do those things, it's going to be, like, super happy, and everybody's going to notice. And you're going to have healthy hair, and everybody's going to be like, wow, like, you look amazing. And he was like, yeah, me and mm-hmm. my hair, you know. And, and so I just really wanted to celebrate that. And then the idea that, Two is better than one. And it's not to down anybody that only has straight hair, but the reality is we've been trying so hard to tame our hair to just be one thing when really we should be celebrating the fact that it can defy gravity at one minute and in the next minute it can lay down sleek and straight and swing too. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that we fully acknowledge the fact that that's a benefit, not, um, not something that we should be ashamed of. So, right. yeah, I just decided I wanted to write something that had all these ideas and it had my passion for hair and how amazing it is in an easy-to-read, um, easy-to-digest form, but it was still a body of work that kids can learn from in, in more ways than one. Nice. Well, talk to us quickly about Conscious Curls and the whole message behind that. Yeah, so um, this is Breast Cancer Month, so thanks for featuring me this month. But my mom is a breast cancer survivor. I have quite a few clients who are cancer survivors. And one of the most difficult things, aside from them being diagnosed and having to undergo surgery and do the chemo and everything, is losing their hair. And I found out about this nonprofit called the Rapunzel Project that helps um, spread the message about women um, to let them know that they don't have to lose their hair during chemotherapy. And there is a option called cold cap therapy where you wear a cool cap on your head. It's like a frozen cap, basically. It freezes the follicles mm-hmm. so the hair doesn't slide out of the scalp. Because um, I've actually seen the hair, like, slide off the scalp for chemo patients, and it's really traumatic, especially if you're the person that has been doing their hair for all these, these years and then, they are undergoing chemo and then, you know, they try to hold on to their hair and it just falls off. That's why doctors tell people to just cut it off. But you don't have to do that if you get cold cap therapy. It's about, I don't know the percentages, but it's a, a, a huge chance that your hair will not fall out whatsoever when you do this. And so basically what the Rapunzel Project does is they spread awareness about cold cap therapy and then they also help um, – they also help to um, buy freezers for the chemo unit around the country. And so when I was creating my hairline, I knew I wanted to give back and spread another message aside from just like, oh, girl, come get the please. Um, and so I mm-hmm. decided to start donating a portion of my, um, my proceeds to the Rapunzel Project. And also on my packaging, we talk about 
cold cap therapy and what it is. So anybody that gets my packaging, they find out about it, they're able to spread the message, and that goes so much further sometimes. So it's just my way of incorporating a broader, bigger message into something that's so superficial at the end of the day, like hair. Right, right. Um, Is it okay if we ask you about L.A. hair? Yes, you can. I, that was polite of you okay. to ask me that way. Why? Why did you ask me yeah. that? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Because you know, sometimes because we've had people, we've had lots of people on our show throughout the years that were on reality shows, and you know, some say. I guess it really depends on where they, where you are with the show. Some say they can't talk about it, you know, or some say they don't want to talk about it. Um, because you know oh, it's reality okay. TV, and based on your experience, you may not want to talk about it. It might be something you would rather forget about, or you know, whatever. So I thought I would ask first before asking any questions. And my basic question is just, um, what was your? I mean, I know we watched the show, but you know, what was your experience really like? And then, how did it help you in your career? Um, what was my experience really like? It was, it was a roller coaster of things. It was excitement. It was, you know, vanity. It was happiness. It was anger. It was irritation. It was confusion. It was a, it was a roller coaster of feelings. Um, but I would say, all in all, number one. I don't regret anything that I've done in life because that has gotten me to the next place or it's taught mm-hmm. me something about myself or about my experiences and dealings with other people um, or it's gotten me to a new place in my career. And so definitely looking on the brighter side of working on doing L.A. hair was that it's definitely, you know, put me in a position to be able to do more work and network with more people and, and do and explore some new things that I like to do that I didn't realize I liked until I was able to get that platform. Um, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. like I would totally do TV again. Um, I'm excited about some new opportunities that I've been getting um, for TV. I can't really talk about those yet, but, you know, some cool things in the works. And it's all because I got my opportunity and my start from being on LA Hair. So I'm super thankful. I'm super thankful for connecting and meeting Kim and that becoming an opportunity through her. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that doing reality, it kind of puts a perception of, of you in people's minds that may not be accurate. And right. as much opportunity as I have gained, there's probably still quite a bit of opportunity that I have lost as well because sometimes it's better when people don't have um, anything to connect you to and they can form their own opinion mm-hmm. at hello. Um, so, I, But I can't necessarily count on things that never came my way because the things that did come my way were so amazing that it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> but exactly. I, I definitely believe I definitely believe at such a pivotal time in my career, I had just come to LA. I was just making new connections. I had just opened a salon. Um, I was, I was, I just got a new agent. Like, you know, those first two years that I was here were very pivotal in making connections with people. And so I think some of the perceptions that were shown of me on the show were 
in a really negative light. And so I had to do a lot of work to um, to go outside of those perceptions by, you know, putting out content on YouTube and showing my professionalism and my experience, expertise, and, and just doing things outside of what the show was. But even to mm-hmm. this day, people walk up and they're like, oh, my God, girl, you were something else on that show, girl. And, you know, that's a part <laughs> of my character. Like, I definitely... I definitely am sassy. I definitely, you know, am confident. I definitely am all those things. But I do think that it did take away from the fact that I'm I'm really true to who I am, what I do, and I'm I'm a loyal person. Um, I I don't have confrontations often. <laughs> like you know, it just highlights negative negativity in a lot of ways. But all in all, you know, I'm I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm you know. That that's a part of me, you know, that's a part of my story, but that's not all there is to me. And I'm just continuously putting out more information so people can see that. Absolutely. Well, just know you were like one of my favorite ones on the show. I love Thank all you. of your YouTube content. Um, and just talking with you tonight, I can tell that you take what you do very seriously. I know that you have to be very professional um, and so I think you, you've done a great job with changing any negative thing that came from that show. So um, I think you're on the right path, and I think you're doing um, some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. Last question to you, though. What is your definition of beauty? Oh, wow. Um, my definition of beauty is showing what's on the inside on the out. It's creating an idea that you have on the inside and bringing that outward and um, basically finding ways to enhance what you naturally have um, Mm -hmm. and inspiring others to be able to express themselves in a similar fashion. Nice. Shout out. Shout out. Um, where people can find you on social media, your website, and any information that you want anyone to know. Um, everywhere, I'm, I'm everywhere online at the same um, handle, which is Angela C. Styles. So that's my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, Twitter, um, and then my book, Hair by Angela C. Styles, is available online everywhere books are sold. So you can order it at Amazon. Target.com, Barnes & Noble, any retailers. You can order it from Ingram or Baker & Taylor. Um, we also do wholesale orders, so you can hit me up and inquire about it. You also can follow the page that's specifically dedicated to the book and kids' hair and, you know, everything about, like, kids, and that's prettycurlsclub.com. Pretty curls, not girls, but curlsclub.com. I mean, yeah, prettycurlsclub.com. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I could have talked longer, but um, thank you a bunch. I'm so glad we were able to get you on. Um, It's been an enjoyable conversation, so thanks again. Don't be surprised if we call on you to come talk on some of our panels on the show because I think you're definitely a good one for that. But, again, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure. I really appreciate the love. I appreciate you 
featuring the book and asking me about it. It's really important to me to get my message out there about hair care and self-love. So I'm I'm super excited to work with you guys again. If you ever have anything, I'd be more than happy to come through. Thanks again. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angela. We really appreciate it. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in tonight. You can check us out at beauty underscore talk underscore media on Instagram. We are beauty underscore talk on Twitter, and we are beauty um, talk online on Facebook. You can follow my sister Denise at Denise Tunnell and me at Janice Tunnell on all of our social uh, media platforms. You can find us under those handles. Again, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.